0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Big Ten Hoops Weekly. I'm Brett, and I'm here as
1: always with Steve. Uh, Steve, how are you doing today? You know, the more I keep thinking about this conference, the more that I'm wondering whether they're actually going to get more than five teams in the tournament or not. But that we can debate maybe at a later podcast. But I think that's how I'm feeling after this week's happenings.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that's pretty fair. Um I mean, I if you made me guess right now, I would still say 6. But that's that's about as optimistic as I think we're going to get this this season. And that's that's fine, but I think you know, every time it feels like we're sort of starting to figure a team out, they just pull something, you know, that's completely out of left field. And I think there's no better way to jump into start to jump into talking about this this first team that we got to talk about this week and that is the Northwestern Wildcats uh you know a big 2 and 0 week one of four teams that went 2 and 0 and we'll we'll get to the rest of them but you know I I think I, I I think I did the preview for this last week for the Illinois Northwestern game and you know I think it was Northwestern obviously will want to turn it around after the 30 point beat down they suffered in Champaign um Terrence Shannon's back which is a whole another issue for the Wildcats to have to contend with but my pred- prediction was that if Northwestern was going to win, they were going to do it by slowing the game down, making sure they took you know care of the ball and you know hitting hitting some timely shots, but mostly kind of grinding it out. What I didn't expect was you know even though this game went into overtime and God, there was a lot of scoring in overtime. Uh, each team scored over 90 points. Northwestern 96, Illinois 91. Each team over 1.2 points per possession, so very efficient offensively. Uh, Il- Northwestern did. You know, they did work on ball control. They only had five turnovers in a 75 possession game, and, and Illinois wasn't much worse. They had 10. Uh, so the numbers will jump out a little bit, but but on a per possession basis, that's really very in line with their season average. And it was just, you know, points galore. Four guys in double figures for Northwestern. Uh, four for Illinois. Um, and so I, I really did not see this turning into an offensive showcase. Um, but you know, Northwestern was able to make up for the loss they suffered and, and really get their season, uh, you know, make, make their, even, uh, their tournament resume a lot stronger. Um, and then they were able to really dismantle Ohio state and, and we're going to have to have a conversation about Ohio state soon, but not at this time, another 1.3 points per possession for Northwestern in this game, seven turnovers. Um, it really seems like the Wildcats are. Clicking offensively and Illinois is a hard team to slow down defensively. So we'll give them a, a little bit of a pass there, but great game against Ohio state. Is this, you know, is this a sign of, of consistency that, that we're, we think we can see from Northwestern uh, as much as teams can be consistent in, in this year's big 10.
1: I I think we've been like coming to that conclusion over the last couple of weeks, just based on how, like rock solid they've been particularly at home. Um, And, you know, the, the Chicago state loss, which like we've harped on, you know, that's going to suppress their computer numbers really throughout the rest of the season. But you take that game out of the mix and, you know, you've got a team that um, it is better than average offensively, despite like not seemingly having the talent that would produce an offense like that. You got a team that's always consistent on defense And a a team that finds a way to grind out close games. I I mean, I want to go one further, though. Look at their schedule the rest of the way. And, like, there's a path to 16-4 and for this team. I mean, I I think we should be talking about whether Northwestern has a legitimate shot to win the Big Ten. Uh, Especially, I mean, if they can, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about this later on. But they've got Purdue coming up this week. It would probably a loss. But, I mean, if they can get that game... Um, and have the tiebreaker over them. They don't get Wisconsin again, but like not even going to be that they're going to get like a double bye. like they, they still got a shot to win the regular season. Yeah, you bring up a great point about their
0: about their schedule, um, you know, Ken, looking ahead. And obviously it's a little bit of a, an odd endeavor, but Ken Pum has them losing three more games, which are at Purdue, at Maryland and at Michigan State. They should be able to take care of business the rest of the season. I mean, the, the double, the back-to-back uh, Rutgers-Indiana road trip will be tricky for sure. But you know, we're seeing them put up a good amount of points. Uh, in in a, like you said, in a season where we weren't really sure what their offensive options were going to be. But if they can keep getting, obviously, Bowie's playing at an all all Big Ten first team or all first team Big Ten, however you want to say it. Uh, level right now. But Barnheiser was was had 23 points against Illinois. Uh, and you, they got. Good, a good contribution from Matthew Nicholson, who was six for seven from the field and had twelve and eight. I mean, even though he fouled out, I think you know if if that's gonna be there on a day on a game to game basis, I think you're right. That is a conversation I think we should have based on how the rest of the, how the schedule shakes out for the rest of the conference. Because as we'll get into Purdue and Wisconsin still have to play twice, and uh, Northwestern's done with with Illinois and Wisconsin. So that's definitely something we're gonna want to keep an eye on going forward.
1: Yeah, and, uh, I mean it 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 comes down to the you know the other piece of this is the balance. I think that's six guys in double figures against Ohio State. And so, you know, it's it's consistency and it's balance. Um, you know, I, I don't know that we've necessarily seen like the Marquee Road wins come yet, which, you know, I think would give you pause in terms of like looking at their schedule and actually concluding that they're, you know, gonna um put together some sort of crazy streak, but Aside from Purdue, I think every game's gettable on here for them. Um they'll they'll need things to go right. But yeah, I, I think um you know, Chris Collins is proving that, you know, whatever went down in the first six or seven years that he was running things in Evanston, he has he has that program humming in a way where they look well coached, consistent, and look like they belong in the upper echelon. So good for him. agreed.
0: I really, they're really coming into their own offensively. Um, They're still, I don't know, they're 80th in defense, so maybe something to monitor, but that schedule coming up is looking pretty great. If you are a Wildcats fan, Um, not to be outdone uh, in terms of offense, the uh, Purdue Boilermakers hung 99 points on Michigan in a 32 point home win, and then fended off some demons of theirs, as we mentioned last week, by going into the rack and, winning by eight uh in a game that Rutger's largest lead was two nothing uh so it was it was you know more dominance from Purdue uh despite only having two guys in double figures with Smith and Edie and honestly like I'm kind of surprised Edie has usually seen some solid resistance from uh Cliff Amori and you know Amori had a solid game but uh Edie had 26 and 12 you know, with a very efficient 75% from the field. So he definitely won that one, but you know, we had questions about Purdue on the road uh, as that's where their losses have come. Um, And you know, the Rutgers is a hostile environment, especially with a top team in town. And they know that they've had Purdue's number. So uh, it was a hostile environment. Purdue emerged victorious. I'm not ready to fully exercise the road, you know, the, the road worries, uh, you know, even though they're, they're they've now won three road games in a row, but it's hard to say that this week was anything but, you know, business like for for the Boilermakers as they as they march towards uh another potential number one seed in, in March Madness.
1: Yeah, my my new favorite thing to do after Purdue game is to look at the the stat line of Lance Jones and, and see what it tells me. And yeah, you know, he he really had a had a special one on on Sunday in which he went one of ten for the field, scoring four points, but had Ten rebounds, eight assists, and five steals. Um, if we had someone to fact check the last time that someone had that combination of output, I would, um, I would be very curious who and how long it's been since someone did that. But no, I, I think in all seriousness, I don't, I don't have that that much to add on Purdue. Um, rounding into form, you know, I. And and just continuing to stack the wins, as we've talked about for them, this year is not about what they accomplished during the regular season. It's about how they position themselves for success in March. And frankly, you know, we're really not going to know what this team is made of until we get to the end of the season. So I feel like our updates about Purdue are still ho-hum, much of the same, not too much to add. And I think they'll continue to be that uh, until we get to March, honestly. I, I think
0: you know your team is good when scoring 99 points and putting up 1.4 points per possession with seven turnovers is just another update. But I I, I do agree. I think, you know, the the Rutgers game is a little bit of an anomaly in terms of not necessarily balanced scoring per se. But I, I don't know that there's that much we can really talk about Um so you know, uh, they didn't shoot I think I think a key from in the Rutgers game they shot five for 19 from three and and still managed to win. So I think you know maybe that talked uh, to the Rutgers inability to to score the basketball as we've harped on at, as they now sit at two and six in conference. But yeah, I think I think Purdue Purdue just keeps on rolling and and it's very fun to watch. Speaking of uh, maybe a team that had a little bit more chaotic two and a week uh than Purdue, the Wisconsin Badgers, Impressive two-win week. Um, you know, they it, things got a little dicey with their game at Minnesota where uh, Minnesota actually, Braden Carrington, I believe, or maybe it was Mike Mitchell, I think it was Mike Mitchell, uh, purposefully missed a free throw down by two and had a potential game-tying opportunity on the offensive rebound. But it fell short, and Wisconsin was able to get out of the barn with a two-point win just in a game where they led at halftime. And then they were able to kind of regroup uh, and, you know, just dominate uh, Michigan State, uh, winning that game by 15 at home uh, over a, a Michigan State team that now finds itself four and five. Um, I mean, the, the offensive numbers keep being, you know, very impressive. Um, you know, what are you seeing right now out of the Badgers that that you're liking or, you know, just asking questions
1: about? This This might be really basic, but... Uh, it it may not be, but I I think what it comes down to is you know, for me, should we be having a debate about AJ Store as a first team All Conference player? I mean, yeah, you know, and and he's really been the what to me makes Wisconsin like a legit Sweet Sixteen caliber team because you know you look at you know their rosters basically the the same as last year when it when it comes to just like where their scoring production is coming from. Plus the addition of store, and like, I think they were going to have benefits to that roster continuity, like we always talk about on the show you know, before he came in. But I mean, I feel like he's their primary playmaker on the perimeter, and he's had some really really big games this year. And he sort of, I, I don't have the metrics right in front of me, but like if you compare his non conference like, scoring output to what he's done in conference play, I'm sure it's gone up by like five or six points per game. Um, and you know, to me, he just he seems like the the consistent explosive play that they get from him whether from it's from beyond the three point line or just making plays in the paint and creating for others um it it just feels like it's taken this offense to a new level um and that to me is a big part of why they're at the top of the conference and not fighting for their life in the middle
0: yeah definitely definitely agree i think he's been everything Wisconsin fans could have hoped for, uh, as, an uh, adding an extra dimension to his off to, to this offense, uh, the team's offense. Um, and then some, I mean, I think the, the really thing that's kind of been lacking for Wisconsin since Johnny Davis left is a, is an athletic wing that can get to the hoop and create and help create shots. You know, Chucky e. Hepburn tried to do that a lot last year and wasn't as successful at it. Um, so, having, having a guy like store, who's also not the primary initiator and can really focus on attacking is, is a huge help. He was six for nine, just around like from two uh, against Michigan state. He was getting to the rim pretty effortlessly end of the game with 28 points. He has, he's been scoring in double digits uh, every game since I believe November 20th against Virginia. Um, And has, you know, there's still, still some things you'd like to see him tighten up as you kind of worry about his progression as a player, but I think he's really giving this offense a, a huge lift and and a threat along with John Blackwell kind of at the rim. And in a way that Wisconsin hasn't really had the last couple years without Johnny Davis. So yeah. And I think again, a 1, 1.29 points per possession against uh, Michigan state that still ranks top 20 in a uh, Michigan state defense that still ranks top 20 in Ken Palm is nothing to sneeze at for sure. So Definitely a good good work by the Badgers. Um, you know, it's never easy to win in a rivalry game at, at the barn. Um, so, despite kind of letting Minnesota get hot from three in the second half, uh, they were able to to get that road win, and and that's that's what really matters at the end of the day. Last two and O team to highlight is as we mentioned, when we, we never really can peg certain teams, and and the Maryland Terrapins are one of them, as they had a another two uh, another two and a week uh they're second in the last three by gutting out a win a two-point win at carver hawkeye uh and then just throttling nebraska at home winning by 20 in a result that i definitely did not see coming as they you know held the held the corn huskers under uh, way under a point per possession and you know um, got a decent performance from Jameer Young, but this this Nebraska game was the one I want to talk about. I think a little bit because this is the most I feel like balanced game they've had in quite some time. With with four guys in double figures, including Jamie Kaiser and another double from Julian Reese with fi- with 15 and 16 rebounds. I mean, your guess is as good as mine for what Maryland is going to do next week. But th- th- there's there's
1: there's a path to the tournament if you squint really hard, right? I I actually don't know about that the more you squint, because here, let's just, I mean, not to get away from the X's and O's, but so, you know, Maryland is 81st in the net right now. And again, they're kind of repressed by those two quad three losses. Now, what's so wonky is just when you look at like the big, the big 10 teams and where they sit in the net. So like Iowa is currently the fifth highest net team and they're at 58 right now. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're Maryland, you kind of want them to keep playing well so that you can, well, no, actually, sorry, that the, the win at Iowa was a quad one win, right? If, um, if it was a road game, I think it, I think it needs to be a top 75 road win. So they, they got a quad one road win, um, this week, just in, in beating them. But you, what you really want is Nebraska to continue to um, jump up so that home win counts as a quad one win. Nebraska's currently sitting at 62. So, I mean, with Maryland sitting at 81, I don't actually know that, like, that, that is a lot of ground to make up. Um, but some of the teams in front of them, in particular Nebraska, Iowa, like, um, even Ohio State's still in front of them in the net, like, they can, they can catch those teams and jump them just have to continue this consistent play i I just i think the thing that's been so hard with them to predict is just like even if you look at sort of their last like couple of weeks of like performance like you can't drop that you can't drop that game at home to michigan state like yeah that that's a that's as easy of like a quad one opportunity that you're gonna get and they fumbled the ball at home but like on the same time at the same like time they have a you know, a road win against Illinois. They have a loss to like Minnesota. And like, now you come back after that home loss to Michigan state, you get the road win at Iowa. Like they're, they, they just need to be consistent. And I don't know what, I mean, they haven't been consistent all year. And I don't know if it's, if it's coaching or whatever it is, or I don't know if they're just too dependent on like Jameer young to be good for, you know, their whole team to run. But it, it feels like what was supposed to be like a team that was returning so much experience just is still stepping on their toes They're still stepping on each other's toes and can't put together the consistency that they're going to need to put together a run here.
0: Yeah, I think that all I think that all makes sense. Um, I think maybe I was getting a little a little overreactive just based on uh, uh, what was definitely a quality week. um, And that Illinois win definitely helps from a couple weeks ago. But um, you do bring up. A lot of good points, uh, especially those two Davidson and UAB well, and, losses early. And,
1: and here's here's the other thing, too, not to like I know we like sort of stared at Northwestern schedule and we're like, oh, there's like a pathway where they may only lose one or two games the rest of the way here. And not to like, you know, pour on Maryland here, but like at Michigan State, are they winning that game? No. At Ohio State, are they winning that game? Probably not. Are they going to? beat Illinois at home and then turn around and beat Wisconsin on the road and then go to Rutgers and like, like I could see a world where they go. I mean, I I don't know how many games they have left, but like I could see them going like two to three games under 500 the rest of the way. And that would definitely put them out of the tournament. But that is like, like, you know, that is, yeah, duh. Right. So I I just, I don't know. I don't know that their schedule sets up well for success um, in addition to everything that they have going against them from a computer's perspective. Yeah. Nope. Very, very good points. As, as I've
0: always said, you're always the voice of reason on this podcast. So uh, thank you for your service. Um, I will say just from a, from a stat standpoint, um, since we kind of got sidetracked, I think, you know, this week they were able to, they kind of started to find some of their shooting a little bit. They're still not going super high volume from three, but they were over 40% from three in both games this week. So if you're a Maryland fan that is really looking for encouraging signs, um, you know the defense has remained very strong, and uh, they're they're starting to find their shooting a little bit. They're still horrible for the season, but uh, some improvement at this point is better than none. Uh, a couple other quick hitters. Um, so we mentioned Nebraska getting blown out, um, but they were able to defend home court earlier in the week. Uh, you know, beating Ohio State by 14. Um. You know that we have we haven't had a bracket matrix update uh, the, in the last two days, um, but you know the, as of as of two days ago they are still I believe in the tournament. Um, so they're they're but they're it's definitely um, yeah they're they're currently listed as the last nine seed appearing in seventy nine of eighty brackets. So people seem to like them and their resume so far, um, but I, they're, they're 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 getting a decent amount of losses and they don't. I mean, they have the Purdue win, but, um, and, and a Michigan State win that who knows what that's going to look like in a couple of weeks, but uh, they got to start stacking some wins in order to really
1: solidify their tournament position. Um, did you have anything on that? I just, I think the time is now for Nebraska. I, I think part of why their resume looks nice is because it's clean. Um, you know, they've avoided like a bad loss at home, and even I would say avoided a bad loss period. Um, even though a lot of their wins aren't super impressive, like they've, you know, the sometimes the formula of avoid the bad loss can work. I think that being said, though, the time is now for them. Their next three are home against Wisconsin, at Illinois, at Northwestern, and then the schedule eases up considerably. So, you know, I, I don't know if they, it's possible for them to get two of those three, but if they can, and then they take care of business the rest of the way with their schedule, I think they'll be feeling pretty good given where they're at now.
0: Yeah, I think I think avoiding the bad ones and getting a couple good ones is is uh, imperative for Nebraska at this point. Uh, Illinois uh, was able to bounce back from that uh, you know the, that big loss to Northwestern with an eight point win over Indiana in a game uh, where in, Indiana you know definitely put up a fight. Uh, it took a a strong Last couple minutes from the Illini to really get it done. Um, and this was again without Kalal Ware. So another strong performance from Malik Renu, Uh and, you know, Xavier Johnson and Mbako played pretty well as well. You know, it continues to be a short rotation for, for Illinois. And, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing Terrence Shannon really struggle as he from the field uh, as he, as he, you know, ramps back up. He was able to hit eight of ten free throws and including some clutch ones down the stretch to ice the game. another another pretty bound, you know Illinois had four guys in double figures. You know they're they're really riding these seven guys. Danger in a game again where you think he might get some more minutes against a bigger Indiana front line. Um, you know or more more post you know centered Indiana front line. Uh, still only played five minutes. So you know it's it, it just seems like Illinois is playing with fire a little bit even with uh Shannon back in the fold as their depth could still be an issue, but they're they're still getting it done as much as they can. Um, so it was a good bounce back for them. And then, uh, you know, despite what we said last week, we will talk about Minnesota at least one more time. Um, they were able to bounce back from the home loss to Wisconsin with a road win at Penn State uh, in a game where I believe Kanye Cleary went down with a pretty bad injury and Nick Kern got hurt as well. Um, you know, bounce back offensive performance, over 1.2 points per possession, um, despite only making four of 14 from three. Um, you know, Dawson Garcia, I think after a little bit of a wake up call where he really wasn't as aggressive as he could have been in the post offensively against, against Tyler wall, specifically in Wisconsin, um, ended with 22 points on eight of 14 shooting. Uh, and they got good contributions from cam Christie who seems to be, uh, you know, really kind of coming into his own, especially as a freshman, which is encouraging to see. So, uh, before we move on, is there anything you wanted to hit on from any of those teams?
1: Yeah, you know, Illinois is still trying to, you know, get, get their footing right now that Shannon is back. I, I just I think that, you know, we do want to credit Indiana for like they were in this game, you know, from from stretch to stretch and Illinois just kind of took it at the end. So, um, I mean, I know there's no moral victories at this point in the season for Indiana, but I think. Overall, you know, there's just all this talk surrounding the program about like Woodson having lost the locker room. We'll get into that in probably a quick minute or so later. But I think overall good performance into a tough environment there, but also good resolve from Illinois to bounce back from their game against Northwestern and pull it out at the end. Absolutely. And
0: uh, before we move on to the weekly preview, I would like to take a second to tell you all about Brew Bags Coffee Company, uh, the sponsor of today's podcast. And you can rediscover your ritual with Brew Bags Coffee Company and their single serving flavored cold brew pouches. Whether you're looking for an easy way to make great cold brew, uh, you want to save some time in your busy morning or you want to have coffee your way while on the road. Brew Bags are so easy. You can brew them in your sleep and they're so delicious. You'll want to wake up. Uh, you can still enjoy free shipping to celebrate Brewbag's ban- brew launch. Uh, and it, by using the discount code Launch Ten L A U N C H One Zero on BrewbagsCoffee.com, uh, so and you'll get ten percent off and free shipping. Thanks again to Brewbags for sponsoring this podcast. All right. So, as has been alluded to, a very interesting week. Um, there's there's a big chance for a couple teams to really kind of make make place to separate themselves from whatever pack they currently sit in. And we will start on Tuesday with Iowa heading to Bloomington to take on the Hoosiers. Um I you know, I think a lot of this is going to depend on if Kalel Ware can play. If not, I think, you know, Owen Freeman and Willie Carnou will be a fun matchup. Um I think that it's again with as in any Iowa game uh they're they're going to score they're going to score the basketball and Indiana is not a team that will be able to make them pay for their lackluster effort on the defensive end so i mean you know i know picking road teams to win outright in this conference is difficult as i believe the home win percentage is over 70% in conference games this year which is which would i think set the record for highest highest winning percentage in the big 10 by home teams. So, but with that in mind, you know, this Iowa team is starting to sort of figure things out. And you know, if you made me say they have a better chance to make the tournament than Indiana does, I would say. So this is a game they know they need. If they're, they're going to be serious about this, they, you got to start stacking wins. And I, I think, you know, this, this is as good of a time as ever uh, to get a, a, a road win. So, um, you know, I think, I think Perkins and, and, and Sanford are going to look to continue their offensive run. Sanford had a had a very impressive last game out with I believe 29 points. So if he can keep shooting the ball well, uh, I just don't see how Indiana can keep up. Uh then we have Illinois heading to a a somewhat reeling uh Ohio State team um that that you know lost two games last week uh and has lost five of their last six with amongst and you know we're starting to see kind of growing Growing issues with Chris Holtman's job security. So that's a, a, a minor plot to watch. But, you know, again, hard to pick road teams, but, and Illinois has definitely had, there are some weak points there, but, you know, with Shannon kind of continuing to ramp back up and, and Domas still, Domas and Hawkins specifically playing at a really high level consistently, uh, I'm, I'm not really sure that Ohio state is going to have the firepower to keep up even, even with Thornton and Gale in battle, I think. Illinois is just locked in and and playing at a higher level than Ohio. Like we've said, a reeling Ohio state team. Um, So I I think Illinois should pull that one out and it's going to be big for their, their place in the conference race. And then uh, we have Tom Izzo going for win number 700 big uh, against the in-state rival, Michigan Wolverines. Um, Michigan state really is trying to string together more consistency. um, And we'll, I'm sure those practices this weekend were not fun after that 15 point loss to Wisconsin. So I'm I'm expecting them to come out and and play a more physical brand of basketball. Um you know the the McDaniel uh oh no this McDaniel will not be being this one so uh I just I don't see how Michigan has has the firepower to keep up. I think we've seen them really kind of hit a little bit of a rut offensively in recent games, although granted against you know your Illinois and Purdue so um not you know, definitely not, not shabby defenses to have, uh, uh, issues with, but I just, I don't know if I see it from some, from Kamwa and Burnett to keep pace with, uh, you know, a potential high scoring backcourt from.
1: All right. On Wednesday, we've got at least a contender for the game of the week when Northwestern heads to West Lafayette to take on Purdue. And you mentioned the really good home record for most of the conference this year. Purdue is actually the only team in the conference that is undefeated um and it's entirety in the regular season at home so um yeah I, when you look at the week for Purdue this week this is a chance for them to put the anchor down and tell the rest of the conference you know get get off me this is my conference to win this year and so i i'm thinking about this northwestern game more of a statement game from that perspective more than anything else you know i will also have revenge on their minds um, from getting sort of blitzed and, and, you know, avenging the loss earlier in the season in Evanston. But I think, like I said, I, I think this Northwestern team's for real. I think the style of play travels. And I, I think it's going to be a lower scoring and closer game than probably many people want to think. Um, I'd tune into that one if you have a chance on Wednesday. Um, and then the second game of the day on Wednesday it involves Penn State going to Rutgers. Rutgers has been in a rut. They've lost 5-7. You know, sort of had the the raw end of the the stick when it's come to the the schedule gods. And, you know, taking on a potentially injury riddled Penn State team at home. I mean, this is one you absolutely have to have. It's funny. Penn State plays fast. They like to force turnovers. Rutgers plays slow, but they're, you know, they're a defensive juggernaut in their own right, but maybe not in the same way. I don't know if this means it's going to be a barn burner or if it's just going to be a mess of a basketball game. I would take the latter. But, uh, you know, for Rutgers to have any chance to turn things around and and put together a tournament bid, this is a must win. So would you say that the Scarlet Knights are putting the
0: rut in Rutgers? You could say that. I'm glad that one even got it. Thank you for humoring me. Uh moving on to Thursday we have one game and that is Wisconsin traveling to the Vault to play Nebraska and I mean this is going to be a you know th- this is going to a revenge game for Nebraska having having lost by 16 at Wisconsin uh not that long ago but this will be a battle of the offenses these are two top 30 offenses Wisconsin currently the fourth most efficient offense in the country uh despite their pace and Nebraska slotting in at 28 um we we know what Nebraska wants to do. They they want to get out and run and shoot a lot of threes. They shoot uh you know the the 28th most three pointers per field goal attempt uh in the country. And Wisconsin doesn't take as many, but still has managed to uh, hold their own from three. So it's gonna. You know, depend on if Wisconsin's three-point defense, which has looked a little lackluster, um, especially that second half against Minnesota, can really just get out on shooters. I think we're going to see a lot of Max Klesmet trying to bother Tomanaga again, um, and the health of Jawan Gary I think will be a big one um, for big question for um, Nebraska as he he did not play against Maryland, um, and he kind of bring, he brings a lot of of everything really to the table. So, you know, obviously we're all hoping he can he can go. Um, but I, you know, Nebraska's defense is still their weak point. Um, I have a hard time trying to figure out how they're going to be able to stay in front of AJ store and Steven crowd ate those, the post doubles alive the entire game last time. So I'm wondering if Hoyberg's going to shake up his, shake up his defensive approach and let crawl go to work more in the post, um, where he's also been very successful. So it's, it's but it's 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 a not great choice for for Hoiberg, but if Nebraska can can hit their shots there's no reason they can't take this game.
1: All right, on Friday we also only have one game involving Ohio State and Iowa. So, Ohio State is actually the only team in the Big 10 other than Penn State without a true road win this year. Um so, you know, they they're reeling. They've lost 6 of 7 as well and you know, Brett just mentioned things getting um, a little bit unsettling with Chris Holtman's job security. Um, and Brett also highlighted that Iowa sort of um, seems like they're putting together a potential, you know, putting together pieces for a potential tournament run um, given by sort of, sh- you know, really aided by like shockingly good computer numbers. Like, look, I, I don't, this Ohio State team's not really built to run. And I don't know that they're going to be able to run, um, you know, with the game in Iowa City where Iowa has, has been, um, pretty good of late, despite the loss to Maryland earlier this week. Um, you know, I, the, the, the the Perkins and Thornton matchup, I think, will be a fun one. Uh, but Peyton Sanford has been the guy that's been playing lights out as Iowa sort of pieced together this mini run. Um, who wins that matchup between him and Jamison Battle, I think, is is the key to this game. I actually think Iowa also has the advantage on the post, and I think I think it's going to be too high-scoring of a game for Ohio State to stay in it. I think their struggles continue, unfortunately, and they they trend in the wrong direction. Uh,
0: 4 games slate on Saturday. The first one has the Penn State Nittany Lions and going to Indiana to play. Uh, Indiana going to Bloomington. Um, man, I you know that's it's a game where Penn State would love to have Clary healthy. I, I have not seen any confirmation on his health yet. Um, and Indiana would love to have Ware back to go up against Kudus Wahab so they can match length for length there. I know Ware was out of the walking boot at least uh, during their game against Illinois, so that's a positive development there. Um, I mean, Penn State's that, that you know a team that you know exactly what they're going to do on defense. They're going to be aggressive and try to trap, and Indiana's point guard situation leaves a lot to be desired. So I think it's entirely possible that they're going to be able to really sneak up on – Indiana and at least force enough turnovers to keep themselves in the game. Um, you know, Indiana obviously has had a, a myriad of problems. Um, they've lost three in a row, and uh, it does not look like things are getting better, especially on the offensive end, um, especially from three. So I— you know, there, there's no reason Indiana should lose this game, but uh, it would not shock me if Penn State was able to steal one on the road here and and really kind of keep Mike Rhodes getting some more momentum uh, as as he kind of works works through this first season. Um, Northwestern going to the barn is our next game, um, and you know I, I it, it's going to be a battle of of the guards, and it's basically going to be does Northwestern have enough in the post to stop Dawson Garcia? I think that they do. I think Nicholson's play this week was very encouraging. Um, and if you can stay on the court, cause you know, fouled out again, I, I think for the third time this year, um, if, and if you can stay on the court and just bother Garcia enough, that should be enough to kind of cut the head off of the Gophers and, and, you know, Hawkins, despite having some moments this year is not going to be enough to uh, slow down Bowie and, and, you know, bring Minnesota the win. And it's one of those where, you know, a loss on the road is never that bad. And that Minnesota has definitely pro- shown that they're, they're prone to putting up good fights. But you know, if Northwestern is, if we've talked about it, Northwestern b- being serious about trying to catch, catch Wisconsin and Purdue, this is a game they can ill afford to lose. Um, then we have Rutgers heading to Ann Arbor. Um, I do not think this is going to be a very fun game. I think, uh, you know, it's it's two programs that are trending downward, um, and Michigan will have the advantage of being at home um, and and therefore having Doug McDaniel. So, you know, their offense is going to be put to the test. Um, although, as we've talked about, you know, despite records having good advanced numbers, still being a top ten Ken Palm defense, the eye test is not really in their favor, and their offense is ugly still. So, that should be enough for Michigan to get the win um you know you'd still like to see more consistent efforts out of Kamwa and Burnett and Terrace Reed and uh Omori will be a very interesting battle I think there's just a lot of size and athleticism and so if you you like that and not a lot of made layups then I think you're in for a treat come uh come Saturday and then finally we have Maryland going to Michigan State um pretty big game for both teams um I know I know you were, you were able to talk me down off of, off of, uh, Maryland's tournament hopes there. And I think for good cause, but, um, you know, Michigan state still very much in the thick of things, um, can't lose this game at home. Um, Jameer young, Tyson Walker is sure to be electric and Julian Reese is definitely going to give Kohler, Cooper and Sissoko all they can handle in the post. Um, you know, n- Maryland's going to need a more balanced, either a bit more balanced contribution or Jameer young to go for 40, uh, to to win this game um, and I, I think it's more likely that Michigan State's experience uh, and home court advantage uh, provide you know are enough
1: to get them the victory in this one all right and then finally on Sunday two games to finish out the weekend first Purdue heads to Wisconsin and um, what's going to be a clash of top 15 nationally ranked teams so you know just from a standings perspective I think You know, Wisconsin, if they win this game, can go up two in the lost column on Purdue. And I think there's a huge psychological component to that, even though I believe these teams play again later in the season. um, You know, I I think Wisconsin being able to go in and sort of uh, having the opportunity to get that separation when it comes to their quest for an outright regular season championship, I think is a huge implication just on sort of the the shape of how the rest of the season plays out after this. Um, In the meantime, if if Purdue wins, you've got a logjam up top, and, you know, you'll really have four teams pecking at each other the rest of the way. This game could swing that one way or another before even getting to the X's and O's. But from that X's and O's standpoint, I actually think this game comes down to the battle of the bigs, and, you know, can Steve Crowell slow down Edie um, it, not completely, but just enough to make life difficult for him. Uh, you know, I, I, this game will be lower scoring than like the the types of games both of these teams have been playing of late. Um, and you know, you, you'll probably see a game where both teams shoot in the low 40s, and it's going to be slower paced, and there's probably going to be a lot of fouls, and the Purdue guards probably aren't going to play as efficiently. Wisconsin's going to need either one of like Hepburn or Klesmet or um, store to have a big game if they're, if they're going to win. So I, I think this will be a fun classic like Purdue, Wisconsin game where it probably ends 63 to 62 um, in what's a half rock fight, but half big shot making at the end of it. Um, and then Nebraska, Illinois finishes off our weekend. So um, I just made the comment about Ohio State being terrible on the road. Um, Nebraska has arguably been equally terrible on the road. Um, other than the fact that they have one true road win that came out of conference against Kansas State this year, but Nebraska's lost all of their um, conference road contests, I believe. And but, but they just they look so explosive when they play at home. And you know this being this game being kind of late on a Sunday night, you just you wonder if this is the game that they have a chance to sort of um, to, to sort of surprise Illinois. Yeah, you know, we've harped on a lot how Underwood's done a lot better a job keeping illinois you know keeping that team ready and just how their style of play is more you know been been more consistent throughout the year however i think you know this could be a game where they kind of meet their match you know nebraska's not scared to get into a shootout with anybody and um you know illinois has been a little bit up and down of late didn't look great overall this week despite going 1-1. This might be one where Nebraska can come in and and surprise them. So I I'd, I'd circle this as a under-radar under the radar one to watch after you watch Purdue Wisconsin earlier in the day.
0: Yeah, it's going to be going to be a great slate of games especially on Sunday, but a lot of intrigue throughout the week as as we keep everybody jockeying for position. But, uh, that will do it for us. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you to Brew Bags for sponsoring. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, feel free to shoot them over to Big Ten. That's one zero hoops weekly at gmail.com. And we will see you next week.